Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Well, good morning to winter. <laughs> uh, a little breezy out there this morning. Um, but, hey, it's almost November. And uh, we have been fortunate with the October that we had, I believe. Um, lots of us out there, some more than others, and that's that's okay. Well, welcome to the golf show. Uh, I am Mike DeDorich. I'm your host here each and every Saturday during the golf season from 7 to 8 a.m. Happy to talk with you and um, uh, get reaction from you. Um, this week is two weeks before the Masters, and it may be two weeks before, I don't know if you call it the most anticipated Masters, but it's a very anticipated Masters, that's for sure. Um, this will be the first time it's ever been played in November. Everybody wants to get a look at Augusta National in November. Um, there'll be no azaleas, dogwoods, all of that stuff uh, has packed it in for the winter. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what we see. And as I've said this before, and lots of people um, agree, regardless, the, the, the golf may be great, but it's just not going to be the same without people, spectators. Um, this is a tournament that has... Um, not made its name, but has a big part of it by listening to the roars. And uh, if you think that's just uh, TV, funny stuff, talking, it's not. Um, you can stand up by the clubhouse and listen to the roars down on Amen Corner, uh, over, you know, on the front side, um, two, three, four, even though they're out away from, from the clubhouse, you can hear those roars when somebody does something. And it's going to be interesting to watch without those roars. But anyway, we're, we're going to talk more about the Masters and uh, the news they made this week. And we're going to do that um, in our uh, first guest segment uh, of the show. But there are a lot of uh, little things that, that I read this week that I wanted to talk about, um, and in no particular order, uh, I don't know if you read much or heard much about the, the John Daly story. Um, he has bladder cancer, and he has undergone uh, chemotherapy, and he's keeping busy by playing. And he hadn't been much of a factor in anything this year other than the loud pants. 
Um, but he shot a round of 64 yesterday in a Champions Tour event. And, you know, that pumped a bunch of life into him. Um, he says he's going to keep playing uh, as long as, as he reacts well to the chemo. Um, he also said he's going to continue growing his beard until he has beaten cancer. And I immediately thought of having seen a picture of him. Um, <laughs> I, I immediately thought of the Robertsons on Duck Dynasty. Um, yes, I watched a few of those shows, and um, those boys knew how to grow beards. Now, Daly has one now that looks a little scraggly, but um, we'll see. Hopefully, he'll get the, the all clear um, after he gets his treatment, and he'll be able to shave that because he <laughs> probably won't like that after a while. Um, moving down my list now for today, um, I want to send out my congratulations to a guy ha who has been on my show um, several times. Actually, he became my, like I used to call him, my British Open correspondent, uh, Tim Rosefort. He became just the 12th person to receive an, a, an honorary membership in the PGA of America, and he's the first journalist to do that. Uh, he retired last year after a, a spectacular career writing for Golf World, Golf Digest, Golf Channel. He became a TV presence. Uh, there was no better reporter out there than Tim Rosefort. If something was going on, he was going to find out about it. And then he would write it like all of us who write for a living would love to write it. Um, he has been very decorated. Uh, he received the 2014 PGA Lifetime Achievement Award in Journalism. He's written five books, won more than 40 writing awards. He's covered 150 major championships and 17 Ryder Cups. There's a sad uh, part to this story as well. Um, Tim retired last year, not because he was tired of doing the work. He still enjoyed the work very much. Um, be, he uh, retired after uh, learning that he has early onset Alzheimer's disease. Um, and I think about him often um, because he's such a good guy and, and you know, um, he has an attachment with Western Pennsylvania. Um, he became friends with Bob Ford. Um, he befriended yours truly, and um, we just hope the best for him um, because that's not a lot of fun. Um, but hopefully they'll be able to find something that will help him. Um, oh, the, the, the other thing that I saw this week, and I, I, it was just kind of a little story. Um, 
one of our own local pros, uh, Ed Hapjan, who is the pro at Green Oaks Country Club, has been elected uh, to the post as District 4 Director, one of 17 such individuals who work on a variety uh, of projects and issues uh, with the association's president, vice president, secretary, and honorary president. Uh, he'll be there three years. He, uh, he'll represent uh, central New York, the tri-state, and western New York sections. Um, he has been around, uh, and he'd hate this for a long time, um, He's uh, been on the tri been involved with the tri-state for over 20 years. has has been in the leadership roles um, for a lot of those years, and he's just one of the the association's really good guys. Um, anytime I get out there to Green Oaks, which is a fun golf course to play, in my opinion. Um, I know I'm going to get jabbed and uh, jabbed considerably by hubby, and that's okay. That That's um, part of his M.O., and um, he knows how to use the needle, and he knows how to take it. But this is a great honor for him, and the Tri-State certainly has been um, uh, graced and fortunate to have a guy like him willing to do the work that goes on behind the scenes, like, like the things that he does. So, uh, once again, congratulations, and um, I will, I'll be giving him a call soon and um, take my dose of jabs, and then um, uh, we'll talk about this. Uh, I also saw something that was a little unsettling this week. Um, you know, we're, we're still slogging our way through COVID-19. Um, whether there is or isn't a, a vaccine coming that's going to slow this thing down, uh, you know, get more people uh, in a place where they can't be touched by this, um, who knows? That's that's the plan, and, and that's what we're told is going to happen. But we're now to November, tomorrow, and big events outside of golf even are starting to talk about next year. Now, I'm sure when this, this hit in March, nobody gave much thought to the fact that this might be an issue for another year. But here are the things that I read. Um, the Super Bowl in Tampa in February could be held with a 20% capacity in that stadium. NASCAR has its Daytona 500 it's one of his first races of the year. And NASCAR says it's continuing to monitor, but had nothing 
to share at this moment about potential capacity, and that normally uh, holds over 160, 70,000, I guess. And they're selling tickets for 100% capacity. So, you know, baseball just finished. I'm sure they're already working to see what they're going to be able to do next year. The NBA's um, waffling and, and talking about when they're going to restart the season. The NBA, like hockey, is, is a uh, ticket sales-based sport, and they need to get going just like hockey needs to get going as quickly as possible because these teams are, believe it or not, as much money as they make and as much as they're worth, they are struggling. People are getting laid off. So... Once again, and we've talked about this, and you've talked about this in your in your homes. You know, if we, we can't get lulled into any kind of um, place of complacency, because you know we we may be seeing another surge of this thing uh, over the next few months. We we don't know. So everybody needs to, to hang in there with what they're doing, um, try to be safe. Um, we all would like things to go back to normal. Whether that's going to happen or not, we don't know. Um, but from a sports standpoint and a golf standpoint, um, it's really iffy. You know, we, we could... Um, they could go try to go back to another year of, or just continue what they're doing. Uh, the Houston tournament next week, which uh, Phil, Phil Mickelson has decided that he's going to play uh, in advance of the Masters. Um, they're going to allow 2,000 fans on the property. So that's a big jump from no fans. So that will make a little bit of a difference. But is that going to be a trend where tournaments will allow uh, fans back? I guess it will depend on where the event is. If it's in a state that's in a bad place with the virus, then no, there won't be fans. But you may have noticed I didn't mention anything about them, them being golf, uh, it's it's quiet, and they're just trying to get through this season. But you know there are people working behind the scenes, um, trying to get it all figured out and see what's going to happen after the first of the year. Uh, this week, the Bermuda Championship is the event on the PGA Tour. Uh, Ryan Armour and Wyndham Clark are at eight under par. Um, Doc Redman is among those at six. Kramer Hickok is at seven under. Um, yesterday was one of those days on the golf course that you get next to the ocean. The first day was, you know, a little windy, but it's always a little windy when you're right next to the ocean. 
Well, yesterday, they had some serious wind. 25 mile an hour gusting to, to 40, and it was a tough day. Nobody went out and shot 65 yesterday. Um, and today, for the third round, it's going to be windy again. And by windy, I mean more than just the, the ocean breeze. The difference is this, this time is going to be the wind's going to blow in a totally different direction. So while you see these guys out making birdies and shooting low rounds, uh, you just think about uh, how difficult it must be for them to try to get the ball on the right trajectory, the right direction, um, figure out the, sp the spin and figure out how to get the ball back to the, the back pins that the PGA Tour loves to set up. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. There aren't a lot of names uh, in, in there this week. Uh, the big guys have taken off, and many of them uh, will be playing next week in Houston as a run-up to the Masters. So that's the um, that's the update for the week. Um, two more weeks, and we've been talking about the fall Masters for several months now, um, and that's what we're going to do in our next segment. Uh, Scott Michaud, who has been on, on my program several times, uh, he's a good friend who lives uh, near Augusta, and he has been somewhat of a historian, I would guess, uh, and I don't know if you followed him or seen anything that he does on Twitter, but he has done a countdown from whatever day it was until the start of the Masters, and that countdown has consisted of something happened uh, in a particular Masters. He, he made a little note of it, and it's been cool to read those each day. So we're going to talk to Scott after the break. Um, be some interesting things after the news they made this week from Augusta National Golf Club. You're listening to The Golf Show. It's Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. 